Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. It is me, Elizabeth Benton, and the past couple of episodes, we have been talking about the flavor war, right? Fake flavor combined with whole foods that are more bland than ever. And I know it was a two-part series, but I'm kind of sneaking in a third one here because today we're going to get tactical. I want to talk about changes you can make, specific changes that you can make to feel better have more energy, and most importantly, release that hold that processed foods have over you. You know, those intense cravings that make you feel like you can't say no, that you've got to have it and you've got to have it now, because the foods we eat make us want to eat more. And I know I used to feel like I just loved food too much, but that wasn't the problem, because here's the difference. I personally still love food. The problem was when I felt like, oh, I have no control. It's just that I love food. I'm the big girl that loves food. The problem was that I was sucked in by the food and chemical companies, and it was that I wanted food too much. I still love food. I really do. But the problem is when I wanted food that badly and it didn't live up to the expectations, I just kept eating and eating and eating. And that's why when I would binge, I didn't just binge on ice cream. I had to have options. I would literally go to the grocery store and get something sweet and creamy and something crunchy and salty and something sour so that when one of them failed to satisfy me, I had options. So I want to help you break the chains of these things that give us chemical pleasure because we're confusing it with food. We confuse fake flavor with real food. Adding flavor... And I'm talking about adding flavor in general, unless it comes from the specific plant or animal we're eating, adding flavors like adding adding fertilizer, making us want to eat more. So how do we make a difference? I'm going to talk about 10 very concrete strategies today. The longer we ignore flavor, the more we become a victim of it. So first and foremost, obviously, I want to remind you about the free 14-day challenge to help you break the chains of fake flavor and get back in touch with real flavor. It's totally free. There's no strings. I'm going to talk more about it throughout the show, but it's going to include recipes and meal ideas and specific strategies so that you can become less dependent on and less addicted to fake flavor. So you can join the challenge. If you're in the U.S., text the word reset me, one word, no space, R-E-S-E-T-M-E, one word, to the number 33444. Or you can just go to primalpotential.com slash reset, R-E-S-E-T. Now, let's dive right into the 10 strategies because it'll probably take us a little bit of time to get through these. Number one, 
is simple as start paying attention to where your flavor is coming from. Most of us just eat food without giving it a whole lot of thought. And I want to challenge you as you're eating to ask, where's this flavor coming from? Does it come from the animal or the plant that I'm eating or was it applied somewhere in a factory? Do I even have any idea in the world where this flavor is coming from? If it is not a plant or an animal that you are eating, that's an easy one. That is Franken flavor, chemical fertilizers to make you eat more. I would love for you to get into the habit of knowing where your flavor comes from. The vanilla latte from Starbucks, Franken flavor, added vanilla flavor. Most protein bars and shakes, Franken flavor. Many almond milks, when you buy a flavored almond milk, that is added flavor, fertilizer. Or vanilla flavored almonds, obviously the Kit Kat, the Hidden Valley Ranch salad dressing, Franken flavor. Now, there are thousands of words that mean added flavor on labels. And as I said in the last episode, 140, is it? 141, something like that. Chemical companies, food manufacturers are not required to disclose what is in the flavorings that they use, right? For those of you that have decided to join the free 14-day flavor challenge, I will be giving you a cheat sheet with the most common words that mean added flavor so that you can recognize them more quickly on labels. But the question I want you asking yourself is, where did this flavor come from? We want flavors that come from the thing that we are eating, the plant or the vegetable, the animal that we are eating. Now, this does not mean that if you're eating chicken, you can only have chicken and if the flavor doesn't come from the chicken, you can't have it. That's not what I mean. But I recently, for example, posted a recipe up on the blog of a cinnamon spice rub that I put on my chicken. I add flavors that are real flavors, not a Franken flavor spice pack. Real cinnamon, real cayenne pepper, real salt, real paprika. I know what it is. Or I recently shared on Facebook the uh, Nom Nom Paleo red cabbage slaw that I just love. And I make from that recipe a dressing that is fresh ginger, carrot, apple cider vinegar, green onions, extra virgin olive oil, real flavor and I know where it came from. The Monster Energy Drink, Franken flavor, chemical fertilizer. Strawberry flavored yogurt, unless the ingredients are just milk and strawberries, and they're not, just so you know, that is Franken flavor. If you have questions, I know now that I've used strawberry flavored yogurt as an example, people are gonna be like, but what if it's natural flavor? I talk about that what natural flavor versus artificial flavor really means in the previous episode. So definitely check that out for the detailed information because this episode I want to keep pretty tactical. So my first challenge is that you start asking yourself, where did this flavor come from? If you aren't sure or you know for sure that it's chemically flavored, I want you increasing your awareness so that you can decrease your consumption. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is to set a specific goal to reduce fake flavor. After you've paid attention to how many things you eat in a day with fake and added flavor in general, whether it's natural flavor added or artificial flavor added, 
the scone and the vanilla latte from Starbucks, the granola bar, the vanilla yogurt, the gum, the diet soda. I want you to set a goal to reduce the number of items you are consuming with added flavors. Remember, these flavors are added to products to make you eat more. They don't add health benefits. They don't curb your appetite. They are there to stimulate your appetite, whether they're natural or artificial. They are there to make you eat more. They hijack your palate, and when you can wean yourself off of them, you want them more. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that the more you commit to this, the more results you will see. Let's say, for example, that Diet Coke is your thing. And I use that as an example because Diet Coke has been, at many points in my life, my thing. If you dial down your Diet Coke, say you go from three a day to one a day, you're still feeding that urge. Of course, you still want it because it's still there. You can curb that desire faster and more completely by just getting rid of it. Now, I'm not suggesting that's a simple thing to do, but it goes back to our effort. Medium effort, medium results. Fantastic effort, fantastic results. Now, within the free 14-day challenge that I keep mentioning, I will be pushing you because what am I worth if I don't help you do more than you could or would do on your own? But there will also be bite-sized challenges each day for those of you that aren't ready to or can't or don't want to go all in. That's totally cool. You have to make that choice for yourself. The third strategy is to cook at home more often. Now, let me just address the objections right off the bat. This does not have to take a lot of time. This does not have to take a lot of money. This does not have to take a lot of effort. It certainly can, but it is what you make it. I recently did an episode oh, what is the episode number? I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll link to it. About five fat loss meals for under $1.99. Under $1.99. So if you want to put up the excuse that you don't have time or it's too much money or too much work, that's fine. You can use that, but it's not true. You can keep things simple or you can go really complex. It is what you make it. Play around with flavors at home and use herbs and spices, but use the real thing, not flavor packets with God knows what appetite stimulant in them. Of course, there are certainly some legit flavor packs or spice blends out there, but a lot of the big brand names are going to have palatants, those appetite triggers like MSG, right? So use herbs and spices to complement what you're eating, not to cover up what you're eating. A few of my favorites to use are fresh ginger, right? That carrot ginger dressing that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. It's incredibly good and it takes like less than a few minutes to make. I also love using garlic. I love using green onion. And if I'm doing, say, like a coconut dish, I love adding curry and or lemongrass with coconut. And that goes really well with chicken. Super good. Either way, my preferences aren't going to be your preferences, but cook more at home so that you know where your flavors are coming from. If you're currently cooking one meal at home each week, go for two. If you're currently doing five, go for seven. If you exclusively cook at home, awesome. But dial back on added flavors, franken flavors. And again, guys, this isn't necessarily because I'm saying that they are bad, although a lot of them are, but because I want you to get back in touch with real flavor, right? Something like soy sauce that maybe you use at home would be an example of a franken flavor. It did not come from the plant or the animal that you are eating. 
make this change in a way that represents an improvement for you. It is relative. The fourth one, I know there are a bunch of questions about this, buy quality over quantity. Now, when we talk about buying quality foods, a lot of people worry about price, and I get that. I shop on a budget too. I understand how important that that is. But I also know that when you eat more quality, you want less quantity, all right? Plus, when you are no longer buying sodas or vanilla lattes or granola bars or expensive protein shakes, you have more room in your budget for this stuff. And, bonus tip, when you actually eat it, instead of letting it rot in the fridge while you order out, there's more room in the budget, right? When you're cooking at home more and eating out less, there's more room in the budget. And that episode is 116, that budget recipes episode, so I will link to that in the show notes. Now let's talk about the how here. How do we buy quality? What is quality? What does that mean? Unfortunately, when shopping for flavor, because this is all about flavor, it's not just as easy as buying organic. Now sometimes organic produce has more flavor than non-organic, Not always, but sometimes it does, and here's why. Pay attention here because I don't want to get lost in this. You know me in science. I feel like I can sometimes get a little deep in the weeds, but I'm going to try and I'm going to try and be really concise. So if you feel like you didn't follow me on this explanation, just shoot me an email. I'll try better next time. Sometimes organic produce has more flavor, and the reason for that is the organic produce is not being sprayed or treated with pesticides and herbicides, and what that means is in order to survive, because they don't have these pesticides and herbicides, they have to work harder to protect themselves from bugs and other pathogens. They have to work harder to protect themselves from the inside out, and they do that by creating more phytonutrients, by creating more vitamins and minerals to keep them safe. Some of those, like vitamin C, for example, which is sour, some of those phytonutrients that they create to protect themselves because their defenses are down, because they're not being treated or sprayed, are flavorful. Vitamin C is sour. So because they have to work harder to protect themselves, they create more of the internal compounds, which often increase their flavor. However, we can't always say that organic produce is more flavorful, and here is why. In episode 140, I talked about the changes to whole foods and how large-scale farming operations are looking to produce the fruits and vegetables as quickly as possible. They want to accelerate their growth. They want to ensure that they're uniform in shape and size and color, and they want to pick them early so that they don't rot in transit or in the grocery store. And these factors apply to organic farming operations as well. So when you look for the most flavorful flavorful fruits and vegetables, your best bet is to hit up a farmer's market near you because they're often more fresh. They didn't have to travel for as long, so they weren't picked as early, right? When we pick things early, we blunt the flavor development. So buying from the farmer's market is a good way to go and also buy seasonal. When you buy from the local farmer's market, you tend to buy seasonal because that's all that they have available. Um, But non-seasonal items, when you buy an item that is not in season, their production is more forced and therefore they're generally less flavorful and they're more expensive. Now, what about meat? 
I devoted almost all of episode 140 talking about how chicken and beef and pork and fish just aren't as flavorful as they used to be. So if you are curious about why that is, definitely listen to 140. But that doesn't mean that there aren't flavorful options out there. There are. Obviously, if you have a local farmer's market with local farmers, check out their meat. Keep in mind, whether you're shopping at a farmer's market or at a grocery store, animals that are pastured will be far more flavorful than animals that are not because much of the flavor of an animal comes from what they eat. Pasturing basically means they're allowed to like graze and eat grass and and seeds and bugs and whatever else. If they are not pastured and they are basically fed a uniform meal, usually like corn or grains of some kind, they won't be as flavorful. They also won't be as healthy as animals who are pastured and therefore graze and eat a wide variety of grasses and seeds and bugs and whatever else. So when you can buy pasture-raised animals. If you don't have a farmer's market near you, don't sweat it. Many of these really reputable, high-quality farmers ship around the country. Now, if you're listening from another country, do your research to find farmers in your area or places that ship to where you live, but I will link to a few of these options in the show notes, and I'll also be talking about more options for the folks who are going to take the 14-day flavor challenge with me. You also want to buy animals that are older than younger. In episode 140, I talked about how we're often sending our chickens to slaughter at just 35 days old, which is insane. Their growth is so accelerated, there's no time to develop flavor. So ask your butcher questions. Ask your farmers questions. If you're buying online, ask them questions. Remember, if, a, if an accelerated chicken is sent to slaughter at 35 days, a more flavorful chicken is going to be older. So if you are talking to a farmer or you're looking online and reading the specifications, you want to look for chickens that are older than 12 weeks, closer to 18. If you find anything over 18, that is, that is going to be golden. And for beef, it's more like over 22 months. Those are going to be more flavorful. And again, we'll get into more of the details and more of the practical stuff in the free 14-day challenge. The fifth strategy or challenge I have for you is to sweeten fewer things. I know I talked about dialing back your use of fake flavors and added flavors and products, but I know that will bring up a lot of questions about single ingredient sweeteners like honey, agave, stevia, things like that. Now, you can absolutely argue that you know the source. And so in that way, it's not much different than, say, using ginger root or green onion. And you would be right. But here's why I want to challenge you to sweeten fewer things because we overuse sweet. We abuse it. We've really confused our palate and we no longer appreciate natural sweetness because we're adding so much sweetness to things. We've gone overboard, it's altered our palate and I want to help you get it back. I am not arguing against using honey or stevia or whatever, I'm not. I'm arguing for you to get back control of your palate. So if you normally put a teaspoon of sugar or honey or agave or 10 drops of stevia in your coffee, I want to challenge you to dial it back. If you chew sugar-free gum, I want to challenge you to dial it back. 
I want to have you be able to get back in touch with the real true flavor and have an appreciation for the true flavor of fruits and vegetables and animals. And you make that harder than it needs to be if you're adding sweetness regularly. Take the sweetness of items for what they naturally are coffee, tea, dark chocolate, right? This is going to allow you to appreciate natural sweetness of fruits and vegetables in a new way. The sixth challenge I have for you is to try bold flavors. Obviously, as adults, even as kids, we all have our flavor preferences and we will say, I hate Brussels sprouts, I hate dark chocolate, I think broccoli is disgusting. And I just want to challenge you to start introducing bold flavors or even just new to you flavors or flavors you haven't historically liked on a regular basis. I'm not saying choke down a bowl of something you don't like. I'm saying continue to expose yourself because your palate evolves. We all know this. I used to hate coffee. Most kids don't like coffee. I used to hate red wine and dark chocolate. Now I love coffee. I love red wine. I love dark chocolate. We see this with kids all the time. At age three, they don't like cauliflower. At age seven, they love it, right? Your palate evolves. So I want you exposing yourself to new flavors, even flavors you've stayed away from in the past. Try something new or something you think you don't like just once a week, just to see how your experience of it changes. Prepare it in a different way. So I know I told a couple of stories over the past few episodes from the book, The Dorito Effect, and I want to share one more. It's it's about beer drinkers versus wine drinkers. And we've all heard before that wine drinkers tend to be more healthy, have less cardiovascular disease, have less of a tendency to be overweight than beer drinkers or even just non-wine drinkers. And the way that most researchers approach this is they say, well, geez, what is it in wine that's keeping people healthy? But there was a different group of researchers that decided to take a new approach. And instead of looking at what was in wine, they decided to study grocery receipts. And they studied over 3 million grocery receipts from beer drinkers and wine drinkers. And what they found is that people who buy wine tend to buy more whole foods and less processed foods, fewer processed foods. And people who buy beer tend to buy more processed foods and fewer whole foods. Their palates are different. And the flavors we introduce are the flavors we grow to love. So just because you love Hot Pockets and pizza and ho-hos and ring-dings and ding-dongs and whatever else, That's just because it's what you are familiar with. So continue to expose yourself to new flavors. We can change our palate, so do so. The seventh thing that I wanna challenge you to do is to eat more slowly and appreciate the flavors and the scent of your food. Unfortunately for us, we tend to rush through our meals and multitask while we eat, we watch TV, we browse the internet. And we might experience a little bit of the taste of the scent of the flavor in the first couple of bites, but after that, we're just on autopilot. Food should be experienced and fully enjoyed. Stop multitasking while you eat. Seriously, eating while you're driving, eating while you're watching TV or reading the news, seriously reduces your enjoyment of the meal. And when that happens, you are likely to overeat for two primary reasons. Number one, you're just not paying attention. 
And number two, you were not psychologically satisfied by the meal. You finish it and you have that moment of, oh, it's gone. I missed it. So the pleasure itch wasn't scratched, and that's why you go looking for a snack right after your meal. Slow down. Stop multitasking while you eat. Smell your food. Chew it slowly. Put your fork down between your bites and really be present for your meals. Number eight, eat for hormone balance. Even if we're eating processed foods, right, we have an opportunity to blunt, to minimize the addictive impact if we strive for food choices and food timing that helps keep our hormones in check. When our hormones are all over the place, especially insulin and cortisol, we are far more likely to experience more hunger and more cravings. We are less likely to be satisfied by what we eat. So for this reason, I want you to reduce the holds that these processed foods have over you by following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss that I talk about all the time on this podcast, by avoiding carbs in the morning, by incorporating fat with your meals, and by not eating within a couple of hours of bedtime. Number nine, and this is where I get a little bit preachy and political. Number nine, I want to challenge you in a very real way to vote with your wallet. I know a lot of people have listened to the last couple episodes and been really horrified and frustrated with the way our foods are handled, especially the foods that we think are healthy and expect to be healthy. We don't want our chickens to be bland and pumped full of hormones and mainlining carbs so that they're fat enough to kill in just 35 days so that the farming operation makes more money. We don't want our veggies picked before they're ripe so they have no flavor. We don't want food companies being allowed to hide the contents of what they call flavoring behind a vague word that doesn't tell us what it is. But you allow it when you buy it. I allow it when I buy it. We vote with our wallet. And that is not meant to be harsh, but it's true. Yeah, I've helped Pepsi and Coke and General Mills do what they do because I've given them my money and told them it's okay. We vote for quality when we buy quality. And we vote for garbage when we buy garbage. And people complain. It's interesting to me. People complain about how companies like Walmart put mom and pop shops out of business. But that's not true. You and I, people like you and I who chose to shop at Walmart instead of the mom and pop shops, we put the mom and pop shops out of business. All Walmart did was put up a building. Us giving them our money is what put the mom and pop shops out of business. Us going to Walmart instead of the mom and pop shops put them out of business. And the same is true here. People like you and I who buy Franken foods keep these food companies doing what they do. They supply our demand. If there were no demand, then they would do something else. Or if our demand was quality, only the highest quality, only the best ingredients, guess what they would supply? Because they're not in it to be bad guys. They're in it to be rich guys. And we make them rich. Now, for those of you who are thinking, yeah, but Elizabeth, you said they made them addictive, so we didn't really have as much of a choice. That's what you said, Elizabeth. And I get it. But now you know better. So now you do better and you vote with your wallet. Let your grocery dollars be a clear vote for quality. 
The 10th thing, and this follows very appropriately my strong words, the 10th thing is to get mentally tough. I didn't say that it would be easy to make these changes, but they can be made. I know because I've done it. I know because I help other people do it every day. And easy is earned through practice. So if something doesn't feel easy right now, it is only because you haven't practiced enough. So the question for you is, will you practice? The other night on my webinar, I said, what if your kid came home from school and said they weren't going to do their math homework because it was too hard? Would you respond with, oh, you're right. I'm sorry it's hard. Why don't you go watch TV instead? No, the fact that it's hard is all the more reason that they must do it, right? All the more reason that they must do it. So just because something is hard, that's more of a reason to dig in and do it, not less. And think about how much easier your life will be, how much more energy you'll have, how much more confident you'll feel without the cravings, without the desire, the overwhelming urgent desire for things like candy or cookies or chips. And I know that it's possible because I've done it for myself and I know you can do it too, all right? So I want to invite you one last time to take this 14-day flavor challenge with me. It is free. I am doing it for free because I know it is possible for you to change and I want to help and support you beyond the podcast, okay? I could easily charge for it. I don't want to because I want to help you. So if you are in the United States, you can join via text message by texting the word reset me, one word please, no space, R-E-S-E-T-M-E to the number 33444. Or if you're in front of your computer, you can go to primalpotential.com slash reset. It will include daily emails with recipes and challenges, lots more information, like I mentioned, the cheat sheet with the hidden words that mean Franken-flavor, as well as more information on the difference between artificial and natural flavors, and there will be that bite-sized track for those who just kind of want to, like, put their toes in. And, And remember, average effort, average results. I hope that you will be ready and willing to go all in and trust me on that, but Not everybody's ready for that, and I will make sure to include bite-sized challenges for people who just aren't there yet for whatever reason. That's totally okay. So let's tackle what I ate yesterday. Because I was thinking about this, I didn't add anything to my coffee, although MCT oil is pretty clear on where that flavor comes from. It's just MCT oil from the coconut. But I had my coffee black, and then I had fat fudge, which for those of you who are familiar, I've talked about it before, but that is a a combination of different things, including coconut oil, a tahini, salt, maca, cayenne, and a little bit of honey. And then after my workout, I had the raw cabbage salad that I was talking about from Nom Nom Paleo. And then dinner was kale sauteed with onions, with some walnuts, and some ground turkey, and it was delicious. So I hope you found this helpful. I'm really excited for the challenge. I hope you will join me on it, and we will talk soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, 
Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.